0: Welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast. This week, Shelby Rodriguez joins us in the studio to share some stories about Prince. We also discuss the latest news like the GQ Magazine article, Paisley Park After Dark parties, and the fashion icon that is Prince. And now, from his Jimmy Choo's to his Ultra Lash, he likes it when you dance for him, Dr. Funkenberry. <laughs>
1: Mm. Welcome to the Dr. Funk podcast. Ida, thank you so much for that. Chris, what is up? Guys, (laughs) make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure to leave reviews. Tweet us out. Facebook us out. But make sure you download and subscribe so as soon as this hits, you guys get it. This week, we have a great guest with us. Shelby Rodriguez and her friend Christina is in the house. Chris, what's going on, man?
0: What's up, Doc? How you doing, man?
1: Doing good. I'm live from L.A. and you're live from Miami. We're in it from both coasts. That's right. From coast to coast. And we got ATL and Vegas in the house.
2: (laughs) Hey, everyone.
1: That's Christina. And we have, as I said, Shelby. Now, if you guys um, are familiar with Jesse Jester, Jesse Jenkins, And how he did stuff for Prince. At one time, Shelby was doing kind of the same stuff, which was very cool. You were able to see videos and other things that you weren't able to see anywhere else, Um, including what's all over right now, Montreux 2013. She kind of broke some stuff with Montreux 2009. So that was kind of fat. You remember those days, Chris?
0: Oh, do I? Man, that was the best time. So she's got some good stories, I bet.
1: I'm sure, we'll <laughs> get into that. Now, with Jesse, he kind of found him just like the third eye girl musicians through YouTube. Now, I kind of remember even before Prince was contacting you, you were kind of doing a little dance to Dance for Me, actually. <laughs> from Lotus <laughs> Flower Jesus MPLS yes. Sound. Yes. <laughs> right? Now, is that how they started contacting you? I believe it was probably Kathy. We won't go into other names. Is that how they started contacting you, was through your videos on
3: YouTube?
2: Yeah, I had a channel. I was 18 years old, putting out random videos about things, and I was a huge Prince fan. So I made a few videos, like um, you know, talking about him or dancing to his music or whatever. And, uh, yeah, I guess he saw me, and it was – yeah, he had his manager reach out to me. And that's how it all started.
1: That's kind of cool. And you were – now, when you first started getting – contact were you like, is this legit?
2: Oh, of course. I was like, no, no, quit playing. <laughs> right. She's like, you know, she's like, I'm his manager. He wants to talk to you. I'm like, no, no, I don't believe it. But it turned out to be legit. Yeah. She called me and the rest is history, man.
1: And then you were just starting to get like video files and other things sent yeah, to you. Yeah,
2: she um she was sending me uh clips from Montreux 2009 and She didn't really give me a lot of instruction. She just kind of said, you know, put it up on your channel. She might have said, like, you know, mention one or two things, but it's just kind of like do whatever you want. Throw it up there and see what happens.
1: See, and the thing that's hard about that, especially because he had such a thing, a love-hate relationship with YouTube, stuff would disappear. Your stuff would stay up, but then people weren't believing that you were legit or whatnot.
2: Yeah, nobody, nobody really believed. They, they had no idea who I was. And rightly so, I mean. <laughs> right. You
1: know, so. And see, at the same time when I'm doing that stuff, they're not telling me, hey, can you give kind of like expo- exposure to this girl, to Shelby? And unless they're telling me to do that, I don't know what they want to do because I know that they're wanting different outlets to give me new stuff and give her music. So it's kind of like through Facebook and through Twitter, I'd be like, hey, you guys checking this mm-hmm. out. But I wouldn't put it on my site because I just think friends may go, hey, we're trying to have people find out about this right. organically,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know. But that must have been really hard for you at first. you, First of all, you have the one of the greatest musicians of all time contacting you, giving you stuff. And then you're just like so happy, so giddy because <laughs> that's how I was. Oh, yeah,
2: for sure. <laughs>
1: and then you have people kind of raining on your parade and that kind of had to hurt a little bit. Oh
2: yeah, of course it hurt. People are very mean. Um, you know, got a lot of got a lot of crazy comments. Um, but I it never bothered me because I was like, "You know what? I'm the one getting the clips."
1: Right. <laughs> so y'all you can
2: hate all you want.
1: <laughs> Not only that, you kind of got clothes at time, right? I that did. Right.
2: Yeah, he uh he sent me a little box of goodies and um, he sent me an outfit. Which I still have. That you wore. Yes, that he, he wore, wore several, times. Yes. Oh,
1: several times. Yes, several times.
2: What?
1: <laughs> See? See, he didn't send us clothes, Chris, because it wouldn't fit. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. But that must have been really cool, and then make it all worth it. And like, like you were saying, I'm the one getting this stuff. But, and I was kind of surprised because I just assumed that you had like a, at least a lot of male fans. I knew the females would. Hey, no, babe.
2: I didn't. I pretty much had like one fan, which is my mom. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, people really didn't like me. It was sad. Wow. You know?
1: But when you went to the tribute concert uh, earlier this year in Minneapolis, people recognized you and they were friendly,
2: right? Yeah, a few people did. They were kind of like, uh, you know, up in front of the, uh, the music mural. Mm -hmm. I had someone approach me like hey I know you aren't you that Shelby girl I was like yeah how do you know and they're like I remember you from YouTube and I was like okay yeah
1: see you had a lot you probably had a lot more fans than you realize it's just the good ones the cool ones no disrespect (laughs) (laughs) most of them are silent
2: yeah right
3: that's They'll read everything and
1: because I'll, yeah.
2: I'll
1: get contacted privately like when the Paisley Park celebration went on sale. Like, is this how it is all the time with people complaining like that? Because I don't want to be a part of that. And I'm like, that's just how it is. Welcome to the internet. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, now, not only were you sent stuff, eventually they wanted you to come out to Paisley. Or he did.
2: Yeah. Um. It was... First time was... October 2009, Mm -hmm. and he had like the last jam of 09. That's what he was calling it. And uh, yeah, he flew me out and watched a show, and it was amazing. Yeah.
1: Okay. It's it's amazing. Now we're going to have to elaborate. Mm. Wasn't there something (laughs) like with eggs and breakfast afterwards?
2: Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, See, he didn't make me eggs. <laughs>
1: he, he would hang. he put my ass in ping pong, but he didn't make me eggs. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that would have made the beating not so bad. He did offer me food before. I just didn't want to eat in front of Prince.
2: I never had an appetite in front of Prince. Never. Like, right. my nerves are always just, like, so, yeah.
1: So were they're, you they're, trying they're, to eat the eggs, and was it a new girl thing, where you're like, I'm full, I'm good, and he's like, eat. Eat. eat.
2: Pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Kind of, yeah.
1: See, that's interesting. Now, and also just to make people a little bit more jealous, and then people that were just starting to like you now hate you. A little bit, <laughs> didn't you go bike riding with him at one time?
2: I did. Yes, I did go bike riding with him one time. At one time. Yes.
1: <laughs> now is he a better bike rider than you? Oh well,
2: no, you know, it was it was a it was a lovely experience. It was a beautiful day and right, you know, clear skies, sunshine. It was very fun.
1: And you guys, he he did keep in contact with you through the years at different times. So I need to go too much into that. But where were you on April twenty first of two thousand sixteen wow. when you heard this? <laughs>
2: this is a good one. Actually,
1: crap news. Well, like
2: the morning that morning, I was on the East Coast. Um, hmm. I had just left New York, and I was had been visiting with my family in Virginia. Virginia, and I was moving out to Las Vegas. And the 21st was the first day I got on the road. I was driving from East Coast all the way out here. It took me four days, and that morning was my the first day of my journey. And Mm -hmm. so, in a way, it was the best possible situation because I was on the road for four days by myself, (laughs) just kind of, and I had those days to process as I drove across the country, it was kind of incredible and uh, healing in a way.
1: Did you believe it at first? Of course not. Yeah. Of course and not. What made you start kind of like believing it? Was it just your phone blowing up with text or just seeing it everywhere? Um,
2: yeah, it was, it was just, uh, I mean, the whole day was surreal. The, those whole four days were surreal. Um. Mm. But yeah, I just got a phone call and then, You know, I started looking on the internet and then everyone started calling me and texting me and yeah, it just kind of sank in. It was bad.
1: Now, how, because there's still some people, myself included, that aren't exactly dealing with it in a healthy way. And there's some people that just aren't over it at all. I know that you're not, but how, how, how are you dealing with it that maybe you can help out a few others? You know, you
2: know, it's
3: find a few good friends that'll get you through and, it. and yeah. not be in denial
2: well some, for sure, for sure.
3: No, listen to the music still celebrate the life he lived and, mm-hmm. and everything he believed in you know
2: go forward with it together right yeah that's why I love Christina because she's one of the only people in my life that like really love Prince like I do and it's so mm-hmm. nice to share that with somebody right um, but I mean it's different for everyone I felt like I was kind of I had processed it and whatever, and then after October, like, and going to Minneapolis, as amazing as that trip was for me, I really haven't been able to listen to his music since. Still, huh? Since October, I had okay. been listening to it previously because I thought I had kind of, you know, but it kind of brought up a lot of stuff. And-
1: I can listen to his music but still. There's just certain, certain songs, songs that get the forward button,
2: yeah,
1: big time. For sure. Now. I know Paisley wasn't open when you went there, but the tribute concert, how did it affect no,
3: it was, it was. you? It was. It was. We did the
1: tour. Did you did. That's right. How was that, being back in there?
3: Christina? Um, well, I, I had never been there, yeah. so this was a first time for me. Um, I've only right. seen a few pictures online, right. but... You know, just...
1: Did it help you? <sighs>
3: No, it just made me understand another side of him, Mm -hmm. but it didn't help in dealing with, um, you know, with things. Yeah, no, not at all. But it just helped me to see how he lived and, you know, to see his pet birds and, you know, all the colors and how full he had his life. Yeah, big
1: time. Now for you, Shelby, how was it being a doctor? Was it hard?
2: Yeah, surreal. I mean, it had been. Six years since I had been there. <laughs> yeah. um, so coming back was just kind of like, it was It was just very, very weird. At the time, I wasn't that emotional. Mm-hmm. Like I was looking at different places and like, having certain memories and things mm-hmm. like that. But I think it wasn't until afterwards at the end of the day when it all just kind of came crashing down. Oof.
1: Yeah.
2: But it was very surreal. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> and how did you guys react when you were at the concert? and Purple Rain came on and you actually heard his vocals. Like, did that get to you?
3: That was a shocker. Um, We were not sitting together um, for that, so we weren't able to console each other. And some of the the playlists went from one spectrum to the other. So our emotions were, okay, happy and dancing, and then they, you know, sometimes it
2: snows in April, and then...
3: Followed
2: yeah. by, you know, something really... I
3: forget what it was. We were oh, talking like about Sexy it earlier. Or something. Yeah.
1: Something. And, and then, really. I don't know. We were able like to <laughs> yeah. radar all over the place. Like, at the memorial in LA, it's like they were trying... Like, I'm sitting with Adrian one of the sax players, mm-hmm. and i said this before. They start out by playing Sometimes the Snow's in April, and then they kind of close it playing way back home, and I'm like, are you trying to make old men cry? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know if that's what they were going for in the concert. It's just kind of like the revolution, Chris, when you were there uh, for that, I personally, you can kind of do away with that song. I'm not, I just, I don't want to be sad when I'm listening to his music. I don't know if that's healing. Anybody is, if it's healing the revolution or whoever.
0: It was tough at first Avenue for sure, but I, it's therapeutic in a way. I, I feel like sometimes you just have to dive as deep down the dark hole as you can in order to get out the other side. That's kind of how it felt. I mean, yeah, grown men were crying in in First Avenue when they did that. Yeah. I'm not
1: ready to go anywhere near
3: Minneapolis yet. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, my friends would <clears throat> ask me to like, "How are you going to deal with it when you go to Minneapolis?" And I'm like, "I just have to face it." And right. It's what we have to deal with now and mm-hmm. go with it, you know, with friends and other fans. It's different, you know? though.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm
1: glad that you were able to go, though. Now, and something came out this week, and we can discuss certain things around the GQ article that kind of takes about 40, 45 minutes to read. I think I always get interrupted whenever I'm reading stuff. So. <laughs> Um I kind of liked it, except there are a few things in there. I know that you were kind of impressed with what Karma Electra said, Chris, regarding the I Hate You lyrics. Yeah, it was, kind you.
0: Of, it was kind of cool to hear it from her side. You know, we've always heard rumors about what it was about, but to hear it from her, uh, it was just really cool.
1: And we can keep it at that because we want to have Karma on the show at one point. Um hey. But <laughs> now there's other things I there was so much I talked with the guy about and then for him to choose the laptop. And then you're kind of like reading what you said in writing. And then ultimately, of course, the GQ article hits and I see consequences sound and spin magazine using my quote as its own article. And I'm like, now I realize why he didn't like getting freaking interviews is because they're taking stuff out of context. And yeah, he wasn't good with the laptop, at least in front of me, kind of like playing songs and how I mean, obviously we saw with the tweets how he would be just kind of copying everybody yeah. and even with DMs and stuff like that um, I just wish they would have used the other stuff like they talk about how he said George Michael ain't shit I remember him telling me one point yeah we both George Michael's <laughs> cool with it. I just think Prince always talked mess about everybody
3: <laughs> but
1: I just remember one time he knew that I did stuff with Katy Perry working with her on her Teenage Dream LP just with promotion and stuff and then he just said to me one of the times we're hanging out he goes Katy Perry's fun, but she ain't funky. He was just constantly <laughs> saying stuff like that all the time, so I wouldn't take it so bad, but I I would rather have that been in there than with the laptop thing. Now, is there anything that you saw <laughs> in the article that you like Shelby? Or uh,
2: as well? Well, yeah. I mean, who who was it that said it? I can't remember who the quote was by, but it was kind of um just kind of talking about how uh he brought in a lot of young girls and had the same routine of running out the movie theater and watching films and going for a bike ride and all that and um I was like kind of raised my hand I was like oh I was one of those (laughs) (laughs) you know and I feel blessed honestly like I I, and I was telling Christina I was like I love to meet all the other girls that he brought in for that routine swap stories (laughs)
1: But I don't think it was the way that some of them made it sound like he was trying to make a play. No, 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 no,
2: no, 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 no. And I was so young at the time too. No, he was very respectful. Right. Very just, you know. He's very much a mentor. That's just like his nature. He likes to talk and share his views and Mm -hmm. you know, preach to you, essentially.
1: That's how I kind of got the vibe with Andy and with Liv Mm -hmm. and with Shelby Jane and with others. Now with Candace Springs. You know, he was really wanting to be involved with her career.
3: She's a photographer.
1: No, she, she, was, she was a musician. She's a keyboardist, mostly. She's really great. But her people were trying to tell her, stay away as far as him as possible because you're oh. only going to get his fans and other stuff. So for her to kind of be open like this and kind of say that, oh, he was trying to make a play for me, it's, it's like, come on.
3: Mm.
1: You can be a little bit more respectful from that. I mean... Danielle Curiel.
3: Mm -hmm. Curly fries?
1: Yeah. With the breakfast can wait. I think there was more to it than that, but she was being respectful. I mean, when he, I don't know if, if Prince ever tried to talk to your mom, but if he's talking with Danielle's mom, he's trying to do stuff the old school. But she was being more respectful than Candace. So I get up and Danielle is a lot younger than Candace. So, you know, but I just, I just feel that she could have been respectful in different ways. Now, Chris, was there anything else that you kind of got from the article? And then, Christina, I want to see if you got anything. Was there anything else that you remember from the article that kind of stuck out to you as as funny?
0: Yeah, I kind of liked – Andre Simone was talking about when they were younger, and he always would – he would be prepared for everything. And the one kid – well, I won't tell the whole story, but the fact that he wrote jokes in a notebook and was like waiting – to use them on this kid, I just—it just, just totally—it sounds like Prince, you know. It's totally something he would do, probably.
1: Dude, I did that when I was younger. I was watching like Uptown Comedy Club on Saturday nights and they'd have like your mama battle jokes. Yes, you know, I would write it with my pen. There was like one, like your mama stinks so bad, she makes speed sticks stop, <laughs> right guards from left, and even her sure is confused. I was like, oh no. Oh, I'm sorry. That was a long mama joke, but it was good. And it's just about time to, run out to do it. Cause I ain't talking about anybody, but yeah, you know, I can totally see that of him being prepared, but didn't Andre say that he said that, you know, he'll tell his brother and his brother's bigger. And he's like, okay, then uh, let's not go with the jokes. Right. You know?
0: <laughs> um, I also like the story that Owen Husney said about when Prince went and visited Santana And he had muddy boots trampling all over his white carpet. And Owen was down there wiping it up before they noticed. That's pretty funny.
1: Yeah. Huntsy has kind of sent some stories before. I didn't know about one of them. I kind of want to get Christina's input before we go back to the Huntsy thing, the J7 hair thing. Christina, like from that article, was there some stuff that you kind of read? My
3: favorite was a really cute one where uh, I think it was Curly Fries that talks about the memes. The yes. ones that he would send, he would find on the internet. Um, this is how light skin dudes roll the dice with the duck right. face, <laughs> right. and I like that he can sit there and laugh at himself about that because people might make these up and they're hilarious.
1: <laughs> see, and this weekend because I didn't because he always put when he put that bunch of crunch one and had him on the ground, <laughs> and you just see that the fro. <laughs>
2: love that one.
1: So, this weekend when I went to see La La Land, they have a bunch of crunch. So, I had to get that for the girl. Um, But I was like, damn, because I like, everyone always thought, is that real? Is that him just laying on the ground with a box there? (laughs) He would be so playful that people just really wouldn't understand. Like, he he was always funny. He could take jokes, he could make jokes, but as long as he's the one doing it, you know, because he's had it so much. I'm sure, you know, some people had to bring up his stature in the article. And I'm like, you know, that's one of the things that always bothered him. So why are you even saying that? Like, I don't know. Um, The one thing that I thought was interesting because I kind of always wondered, like, why Prince chose me for stuff. Because there'd be people that would be in and out of his life for years. But at different points I was there, I would just change names. But that was just, it wasn't something I did subconsciously. It was just time to do it. And I always just wondered when I took the name J7 just online because it was a nickname and I didn't want to use my real name. um, Kind of immediately he started contacting me and stuff or or whatnot. Then to figure out that Owen Hunsey, like they kind of like not made fun of Prince, but, you know, because the Jackson 5 hairstyle with the fro, you know, that was the J5. They were calling his the J7. And ironically enough, the J7 is what I went by. And I'm like, oh, is that one of the main reasons? You know, I haven't had Sam Jennings say anything about that or whatever, because I know he was around at one point. But it was just so curious to me during those music club days and beforehand. It's like I jump into the room just to see what's going on after a long day of work, just kill a few hours. I jump in the room and then all all of a sudden the moderators would jump in. It would be Paisley Park 7, Paisley Park 4. mm And then they'd start talking to me. And I remember one time I got to jump in the room and there's all this stuff that's about to be happening in LA. You know, he's about to do Leno. He's about to do Ellen. And then Paisley Park 7 jumps in. He goes, Hey J7, see you Monday. And I'm like, I go, Leno's on Tuesday, bro. And he's like, yeah, see you Monday. And then exits the room. I'm like, what is he talking about? And then by 5 PM that day, they're announcing, uh, the music, um, the musicology press conference for the tour, I'm like, oh, this
3: Which guy.
1: <laughs> right? I'm like, oh, duh. <laughs> but they would always like set aside tickets for Leno. I mean, they get stuff for fans, and then for Ellen, that was crazy tough to get into. But they're like, there's there's a ticket set aside for you for for Leno. They're able to give me a few, but for Ellen, they can only give us like one one a person. I'm like, oh boy, I'm gonna have a lot of people hating my ass, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, but Chris how is your, like when you read stuff, did it give you like a unique perspective of things that you may not have known, especially like say that whole, <clears throat> you know, that Charlie Murphy story and how we got to kind of hear he dissed Eddie. But of course, Charlie is going to put that in there about that. He was actually playing his, his music tape during the show. And then kind of like stopped the tape and said, now do you see me doing comedy in the middle of my, of my show? You know, what's funny is, do you remember during the forum run, every time that Eddie was in the audience on his piano to trigger for the sampler set, he played party all the time,
3: just oh to mess God. with Eddie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the, one.
1: <laughs> the one hits on with Rick James, who was supposedly an enemy of princes, but I don't know. I just really liked the GQ article. I know some people told me that they that the writer didn't get stuff right. Like they quoted from her, and the only thing they got right is he liked to roller skate and he liked to ride his bike. You know, was there any other stories they thought were a little bit unbelievable but know to be true? Well, you know what
0: I thought, and this is more of just a generality uh, that kind of ran through a lot of the stories that really made me feel good was the fact that Prince never just sat back and hung out; he was constantly looking for talent and talking to people and reaching out. And that's unbelievable. You know, somebody, his stature doesn't have to do that. But he was always on YouTube. He was always talking to people, telling, you know, trying to get the kids out that are, you know, the young talent. And it's just really cool to hear that. And I mean, he just always did that, did not stop. It's pretty cool to hear.
1: And the thing, the thing I liked, and they bring this up in the GQ, right? I know Jill Willis has said it before, that she wishes back in the 80s, that they had cell phones back then because Prince couldn't reach people. He only reached them to home phones. He's like, she was just like, how many more things he would have been able to accomplish if they had the technology back then that he wanted.
3: But they had the privacy back then. <laughs>
1: well, he, that's the whole thing is he can reach you every time. I remember chilling with Andy and Julie in the studio. Like I said, every 15 minutes after he supposedly went to bed, he's calling with new ideas. Like, <laughs> He's constantly got things going on all the time. And in fact, what's interesting to me, and then some people don't believe it, is that he contacted Netflix to do a reality show. Um, yes, but
0: that's not, crazy.
1: But how, do you believe that to be true?
0: I do, because it seemed like he had so many things in the works just constantly. You know, like we heard when I, I went to a concert at the Forum and one of the girls said that he was in the deal to, to go back to the Forum for another run. Who knows how many deals he had going on all over the world,
1: you know? He's always listening. Just like he sometimes he'd be in Vegas and would be hearing about these things about he's about to sign a contract with Steve Wynn. And I think one of the things he told Steve Wynn was like, I'll, I'll do it for a million a night plus a hotel. And then Steve was like, forget it. He was always he would listen to stuff, but that doesn't mean that he was going to do it. <laughs> but it's just, there were so many deals out on the table. But I believe the Netflix thing to be true because I remember a friend asking me, you know, about the 3121 house parties that he kind of wants to shoot a reality show for me. And I went, What are you thinking? At that time, it was before the Kardashians, before all this other stuff took off, it's to where it was a little bit of desperate TV. And I go, The problem is, is how many celebrities are you going to get to sign to agree to be on camera at his house? And you don't you don't want it to be where it's going to be some schlub that's on an e-show. And then you don't have Jude Law or Sharon Stone or Jessica Alba or the other people that did show up to be on there. And then their faces are blurred. That Mm -hmm. kills everything. But another thing in 2013 when Howard Stern mentioned something that we played on our spreecast show. And then Prince contacted me like, you know, how was that able to get on Howard? We sent it to them. And then he was all like, "Tell see, contact Sirius and tell them that we'll do a show every week from Paisley Park. Because he was having like Adrian and Marcus and the other... BK Jackson dress up in all these different outfits and he like they would do it. So he was trying to have them be their own, do their own stuff. But Sirius was like, you know, it's kind of like audio, you know, are we going to, are we going to get prints in the mix? They wanted to make sure they had involvement. Um, then another thing is I presented for access TV later in the year where they were actually going to be remote from Paisley Friday and Saturday nights for four to five hours a night and broadcast from it. So were things that he always listened to and may not have done. Um, Netflix had the money to do it. The problem is, is that he probably wouldn't be on camera a lot. And,
0: right. You know, Prince. It would have. He would have done these. They're probably vehicles to get new musicians heard. You know, and so he'd it, be in the background. I bet.
1: You know. It just. Um, how do I put it? It would have probably. But more people tune in for much money. He would on Netflix. It probably wouldn't have worked out because they'd be like, well, if we're going to be paying this, you know, it's great that you want to discover new musicians or whatever, but we want to make, we want to guarantee that you'll be on. And I just don't see him guaranteeing that, but he could always, you know, unfortunately it's Netflix executives and not someone who knows this stuff. But he can be like, okay, well, we want some rare videos between the sequences of, you know, them doing skits or other things. And that probably could have been worked out, especially with the vault being as vast as it is and having so much stuff that we're not aware of, you know, and that probably could have worked any, any thoughts on like the Netflix stuff that that could have worked or they played rare videos or anything like that.
0: I think, I think Netflix is amazing. They could have done anything they wanted to. They, they probably would have given him a lot of money to do anything, whether it be kind of like a VH one takeover TV special or something that was a a series sky's the limit with Netflix.
1: Right. And he always wanted us to do different things. Like when it was basically, you know, I'm doing my shows, doing everything else. Blogger then turn into like an internet person for him. I get to Paisley and it's kind of like the whole special where Troy Bear was, where I get there and they hand me a mic. Okay, go interview fans. I'm like, what?
0: Yeah, the love for one another special. I remember that.
1: Yeah, or one of them, or the act one special, the Ride Divine. Right, divine, Most, thank you. Yes. ultimately always going to do different things. Just like I said, one person that used to be his cook three months before would all of a sudden be his business manager. So he was constantly trying to do other things. You know. Uh another thing that's interesting in the article, just to me, you know, you had you had the Andre stuff, but you had also the Bobby Z stuff. I just wonder it's it didn't seem as self-serving as Candace's stuff, and I have no nothing about respect for, for Candace at all. But is there anything else that kind of like maybe irked you a little bit in it to where it seemed like they were, how do I put it, trying to stand out and trying to play up their connection to Prince?
0: Nothing really comes to mind. The, the thing about Bobby Z, I mean, he was just being pretty real, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I thought was funny was that they said that he was a former driver for Prince. I'm like,
1: wait, what? Yeah, that was pretty funny. See, that was the whole thing. Like, Chris Heath, the writer, the reason he, he even had a relationship with, with Prince is he was one of the only people that wrote a positive review of Love Sexy. So I invited him to Paisley eighty-nine, ninety, uh, before they were doing new tour rehearsals, and he kind of grabbed Chris's hand and said, you get it. And um, what's interesting about that is he, invi- he invited, Prince invited Chris over to Paisley and he was waiting to talk with Prince for four days. Prince was playing that little game of like, you know, they would call the hotel room. Prince oh. would call you in 10 minutes.
3: Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he'd have them set up and tune with the drums.
1: No, that was, that was what date, but yeah, he was playing that game to where, <laughs> but for four days you're being told you're going to interview this guy. And they are like, Oh, rehearsal ran late. It's not going to happen tomorrow. And then he finally had it. And I just couldn't understand that. First you tell the guy he gets it stay here. I want to do an interview with you. And then was it just testing him for what, but that's how it did with, with stuff for Chris. But a lot of the interviews that he did didn't get cover. And that was one of the things that Prince wanted is if he's going to do an interview. He's got to get cover. And then Chris was working for details magazine, which was a thing before Maxim came around and destroyed details magazine completely. Um, now, they did the revolution. Speaking of Bobby Z, they did an interview with billboard magazine, just talking about, you know, how different things have been since he's not here and just trying to remember the good times. Um, And it's just interesting because I know that they're planning on touring in 2017 and it's not mentioned, you know, is that something that you guys would like to see Christina show? I'm
3: there. Yeah. L a. Vegas. Mm-hmm.
1: You got the new T-Mobile Arena there, right? right? There's plenty playing. of
3: arenas. There's plenty of venues that'll suit them, whatever they're looking for, big, small.
1: Is the joint still around? The yeah. last venue he played in Vegas with yeah. Third Eye Girl. See, yeah. that'd be awesome.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's
1: places in Atlanta you can think of, think right? I'm sure, definitely. So, but Chris, you saw them. You saw them twice. Were you be hoping for a little bit more of uh, a different set list, just kind of like how he would do. Or are you more than okay with what they would do? Well, even if you're
0: Well, me being, you know, selfish, i of course I'd want a different playlist, but I don't think they're going to be able to do something like that. You know, I'd rather them have a super tight set that they get to take all over the country. And then maybe, maybe do some small club shows that have different songs, but I don't know if they would be able to pull that off. They sounded great, um, and it was a really great set list, very eclectic and all over the place, so I was really happy for it.
1: If they can just get Eric Leeds or somebody, I wouldn't mind a horn section, especially during mountains.
0: Yes, so, Eric Leeds would be great.
1: And here we have kind of like 2016 finally coming to a close. What a terrible year for so many things. Um, at least one thing that was cool, but... Again, it was for unfortunate circumstances. Prince was the number two most Google thing. Period. Uh, Powerball was number one. Prince is number two. And then, for music, for songs, Beyoncé's Formation was number one, and Prince's Purple Rain was number two. So that's kind of cool that a lot more people are discovering how incredible and how great he was, and of course. Purple Rain being one of his biggest hits, not the, but with the movie and everything else being tied into it, you know, um, it just, for the reasons, I guess, just that it had to be, I'm, I'm proud that more people were discovering him, but it's, it's unfortunate for those circumstances, but at least it's just one of those things, you know, people want to know more about him. And that's just how I kind of like take a look at it, you know?
0: For sure. And I think 2017 is going to be a great year, you know, with the Purple Rain um, deluxe coming out. So just all we can do is look forward and hopefully it's a better year, right? And newer
1: music as well, another new
0: album. That's right.
1: So, and coming from that, at least maybe we're going to be having more Paisley Park parties. Um, they are. You know, telling us about it earlier, there was one last week that was kind of announced on Friday that there'd be one for Friday, a dance party with DJ Link of Paris. Then Saturday, they played Prince and the Revolution live. People were kind of asking me if that was a remaster. and I'm like, no. And I remember when I was at Paisley Park in 2000, when they were trying to have a theme night every night. Um, one of the nights was Under the Cherry Moon. <clears throat> Now, Prince did not have a copy of Under the Cherry Moon at Paisley, so they had to go to <laughs> Blockbuster up the street because there was no such thing as Netflix and other things. But someone already rented the copy,
3: Whoa. so
1: they had to show us Prince The Revolution Live. So someone's asking me if they have a remaster. I'm like, no, I'm just hopefully they have it on DVD this time.
2: <laughs> now,
0: they and still then- have the copy from Blockbuster from uh, 15 years ago. <laughs>
1: It would have to be since that isn't around no more. But yeah.
0: Was Prince of the um, Revolution Live ever released on DVD?
1: It was not. No, right? But I have a copy, and I think you have a copy.
0: Yeah, somebody converted it to
1: DVD, right? From the VHS. Like the mantra set that's kind of floating around and maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. But yeah, and then Michael holds DJ for a little bit. Uh, at the party before that. This weekend they're having parties and DJ Dudley D is doing Friday night. Then Saturday, they're they're calling a movie night. They're actually showing footage from the Welcome to Australia tour, the Brisbane show from 2012. That's pretty awesome. Again, they have all this stuff involved to show, regardless of even if it was professionally shot or if it's just the stuff that's on the screens, it's gonna be pretty awesome to watch.
0: Yeah, that um, got my attention because that is the first time they're going to show unreleased concert footage to the public. That's pretty cool. Well,
1: yeah, since he isn't here and it's and it's different footage. He isn't Welcome to Chicago, other things that he showed her, the Prince in Paris DVD that we worked on and stuff like that. Um, the only thing kind of have a problem with is just the price of $60, which does include the tour. Um, I just feel if you put it at $20 and that there will be tours done, you'll get more people. You may get the people from out of town that will do the tour for 40 bucks and do it multiple times. That way you'll have more of the dance floor filled. You have more people watching the Australia concert. At the same time, you have people wanting to take the tour multiple times it'll just be in a different set. I don't know if that's Graceland's doing with the 60 or whatnot, but I kind of want to see the Paisley crowds to be what they were, you know, when there would be dance parties and there was a chance of him playing, where it'd be 100 to 200 or more people, instead of hearing about the low crowds I've been hearing about.
2: Because sure, the main gotta, thing
1: is we want Paisley to exist. Yeah. The main thing is, is if you charge twenty dollars and you get people on the dance floor, and say you get a hundred, or you charge to sixty and the sticker price scares them i mean in la 60 bucks is a little different minnesota 60 dollars is a lot that's dakota jazz club money um
0: right and remember too they got to deal with the weather so that's a huge factor right now last time i checked there was some snow on the ground in that place so that might be keeping people away too especially tourists there's not as many yeah. tourists this time of year
1: so you want to have it to be lower because right if you have you have it going and even though I know it costs money to have everything operational, but if you're getting 50 people at 60 or if you're getting 200 people at 20 and then they're going to maybe do the tours and get a little bit of 40 in there and then you're selling, you're having more people inside to buy merch, merch yeah. 20, you know, that's just my, my thinking of it, my thoughts of it. And I just want Paisley to exist. I know that, they're in the red right now. They're the, uh, owing the IRS a lot of money from not having a will. So we got to do what we can on our end to keep Paisley alive. But let's kind of not give them sticker shock. You know, let's not price it out of the fans' hands, especially because, unfortunately, they're accustomed to him charging 20 to $40, and he would play. And now they're charging 60 and he's not there. Yeah. You know, or at least to perform, have Mambo's combo up in there to jam or something. You know, I I appreciate that DJ Deadly D is going to be in the mix this week. Um, You know, I just want them to keep it going, but I want to make sure that the crowds come in, you know.
2: And now another
1: thing. Huh? I just said that
0: was a really good point.
1: Makes another thing just kind of what sucks with him not being here anymore is Prince was a fashion icon. For so long, and we we're reminded of it at these end of the year articles for 2016. You know, he was the only person that could get away with wearing designs of himself as clothing. I couldn't do that. Although I got sometimes I have like my little Funkinberry on my sleeve. That's kind of like the love, sexy stuff, but can't get away with that. Are you going to be wearing like a Shelby shirt around town?
2: No, no, no. <laughs> but the 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 shirt that I do have has his image on it, his See? silhouette. Yeah.
1: Only he could get away with <laughs> that. Bruno Mars ain't that funky. We don't want to see Madonna wearing Madonna things on her body, do we? But he could get away with stuff like yeah. that. And I just found it so interesting that so many of these designs, especially in the, recent, the past few years, were made by fans. And he would purchase the artwork off of them. They didn't know what it was for. And then all of a sudden they start seeing photos from a concert, my site, and they're like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. That was like my design. He's wearing it. So that was kind of cool. But from the polka dot suit of Love Sexy to the peekaboo pants, there's just certain stuff that only Prince could rock mm-hmm. and get away with. I know in later years, kind of around the musicology and the thirty one twenty one Vegas era, he was wearing more suits. But still...
3: The suit with the cross um, the cross buttons.
1: Are oh, you talking about like the planet? I remember him coming out in that Vegas. It looked like the... The planet earth cover the, not the bustier but no
3: the- it was uh, the suit which crossed in the front and buttoned in the back right oh interesting
1: just like there's a daddy pop video that's circulating now to where prince is wearing suspenders like belba wore their um the overalls he wore the suspenders over one nipple
2: and the oh. other nipple
1: was exposed I'm like, <laughs> that's an interesting way of wearing it, prince he could get away with stuff like that, just like with how Tanya looked in some of the Diamonds and Pearls era videos that also have been circulating as well. Mm-hmm. There's just so many things that he can get aware of, away with that he could wear that he could rock that would look great. That was the only thing I, I kind of like when, when I was a teenager and I kind of started getting pretty tall, weighed probably like 170 at the time. I kind of wanted to wear like this one outfit I saw him wear like for a My Name Is Prince performance in Japan but no tall guy can get away with wearing what he was wearing. (laughs) I would get my ass beat walking down my street, going to Amoeba wearing that. Chris, did you ever wear anything somewhat princely at all?
0: You know, I, yeah, I, um, let's see, back in the graffiti bridge days, I kind of did for form of the, the overalls, you know, he'd wear, you know, like the orange oversized shirts with the, like the spandex overalls with this one suspender, you know? Mm-hmm. And I didn't quite, I couldn't pull that off, but I would rock my my uh, acid wash denim uh, overalls with one suspender on with my big hockey jersey kind of mimicking his, uh, his look. That's about as far as I
1: went. Yes. I couldn't do it. When overalls were a thing, like I said, I was kind of too tall, and it just I looked like someone from the South looked like they'd be dating their sister. I'm like, overalls are just not for me, man. No way, no how. If my life depended on it, I could not rock it for the life of me, so it's not happening. I, I could wear the trench coats and wear actual clothes underneath it. That's probably about it, but there was nothing princely I could wear out in public. That, isn't, that doesn't mean I wasn't trying to rock something. <laughs> thank oh. you.
0: Thank you for clarifying that because that, really? I immediately saw an image of myself in your bedroom or view in your bedroom rocking all of the outfits back in the day.
1: All, I'm, all I got to <laughs> say is, is thank God there wasn't cell phones and selfies and all that Ooh. stuff back then. Because I'd have a lot of incriminating.
3: <laughs>
1: That's all I can say. Chris, is there anything else that we haven't discussed yet that we we need to or we want to before we wrap it up?
0: I think we covered everything this week. It was a whew, what a week,
1: huh? Right. Next week we're gonna try to get uh, Chris James and Dylan back on the show to kind of like do a hit and run phase two track by track thing. Oh, with the that'd holidays be great. to get them on, but we're still gonna be doing our show. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. I haven't been able to get to all your emails. So I'm a couple of weeks behind, and the tweets and the Facebook messages. I will respond. I apologize. I want to thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I thanks, thanks show, the guess. Yes, yes. For being on with us.
2: Thanks for having us. Hey. Thanks for having us.
1: Much love, everyone. Much love. Keep it funky. Thanks again. I hope these holidays have been. As joyous as it can be. This year is almost over. We're on this together. Much love, everyone. Keep it funky. Till next time. Well,